Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Podcast Manager Show and welcome to another success story episode. Today we are chatting with Brandy Nichols on being a multi-passionate podcast manager. Brandy tells us her story of starting her podcast management business, how she got started working online, what her day-to-day looks like as a podcast manager, and how she has realized she's multi-passionate and how that's playing out in her podcast management business. All right, let's go talk to Brandy. Hey there, I'm Lauren, and you're listening to The Podcast Manager Show, a podcast for podcast managers. Each week, we cover the technical and tactical aspects of running a profitable podcast manager business. With over 90,000 new shows starting each month, podcast managers are in demand. I mean, in demand. And I'm here to help you land your dream clients while reaching your monthly income goals without working like crazy. Are you ready? Let's get to today's episode. Brandy, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks so much for having me, Lauren. So excited. Yes, these are my favorite episodes. I know that they are the people that are listening's favorite episodes, just hearing about how someone, you know, a real person <laughs> is doing this podcast management thing. So I'm excited to dive into your story. Now, before we get into that, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you first started working online. Yeah, so my background is primarily in nursing. I worked in a like intermediate neurosurgical ICU, so very intense, like patients after having brain and back surgery. Wow. Burn out from that. Uh, I knew after a year that it probably wasn't for me. Took a few years to get out of that. I worked in an outpatient clinic. So a step away, managed to take a an even bigger step away from that to teach English. And then, you know, that thing happened in 2020. The world changed a bit. And uh, a friend had told me about this course to become a virtual assistant. What's a virtual assistant? So I looked into the course and was like, oh, this sounds great. Like I knew I had come to the realization that I was someone who needed to work for myself and kind of plan my own uh, schedule. And so it felt like, okay, this is perfect. So I started that and got stuck around the blogging section of that because writing, the mental energy required. But that's another topic. And yeah, I've been working with my same first virtual assistant client. But yeah, I have evolved into podcast management, which brings me to why we're here today. Yeah, for sure. Now, so uh, how did you hear about podcast management? There was a module in that course, the virtual assistant course. And sometimes I can be a bit rebellious when it's like comes to rules. Like, no, I don't, I don't think I don't want to do it that way. I want to do things my own way. And other times like, no, 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 I'm like Monica Geller to a T. Like I need, (laughs) I need to follow the rules. So I felt like I had to go in order and work my way up to this uh, podcast management module. But yeah, like I said, I got stuck on the blogging one. So anyway, I finally got to that one and was like, oh, okay, so this is this is cool. This is as cool as I thought it would be and something that I think I would want to do more of and only this. But yeah, I think that imposter syndrome kicked in. Mm. I felt like because I'd heard so many other people get into podcast management after having been a VA for someone who had a podcast and then, you know, over time growing into that role that that's how I had to do it. That's how I had mm. to like get my foot in the door. So after some like false starts, I can't remember how I came across your program I don't know if it was Instagram or the podcast or just Googling podcast manager programs and came across your course. And it was like more in depth on the skills, but also more of a confidence boost to like say, oh, I can just say I'm a podcast manager because I do have these skills. And even if I'm feeling like a bit of an imposter, I know more than the person who would be hiring me, which is the whole point. Mm -hmm, Totally. So that was like, oh, okay. I'm where I want to be. Yeah, I think it's so interesting, you know, us 
entrepreneurs in this, you know, working online space. It's like we love doing things on our own. We're, you know, we are trying to make a new path for ourselves. But at the same time, we at times we need someone to say, yes, you are approved. You are now allowed to be a podcast manager. <laughs> and so we seek different ways to kind of get that validation, get that feeling, that validation. Exactly. So, you know, in, in different ways, maybe it's that first client, maybe it's a course, whatever it is. But we, I think that's just human nature to, to kind of seek out that validation. So that makes a lot of sense. So you said that you had heard a lot of people go from, you know, a VA role where they just ended up working with someone who wanted to start a podcast, that kind of natural transition. Were you like seeking that out at that point? Or were you just kind of waiting to see if that would happen with you too? I was seeking it out. And I had started multiple conversations with people, even gotten to the point of like, a you know, a video, quote unquote, interview to work for them. And I knew that they were somehow related to podcasts and I could could get some experience that way. But it it was just false starts, people backing out, like not ready to hire at this time or different reasons. For sure. So I think it was my first um, podcast client was show notes only. And it was through a Facebook group that was with that VA program. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, kind of like when it rains, it pours or feast or famine type situation. Yeah. So then that got the ball rolling, like once you landed that client for show notes. Yeah. And then that was around the same time I was finishing your program and mm -hmm. responding to the job ops that are in the private Facebook group. And then I pivoted from show notes only to editing only like as a subcontractor. Mm. That's was my favorite part and still is my favorite part of podcast management is the editing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah, and have one of them has since grown into a podcast management, I've launched with another client, I've managed other shows, um, I've started my own. So yeah, it's definitely snowballed. And once I got over that, uh, that like confidence piece, that imposter syndrome piece, which mm -hmm. it sneaks up totally throughout all stages of working for yourself and working online. But that was that phase of it. That makes a lot of sense that you first kind of started with show notes since you said you were in, you were doing blogging, you were helping mm -hmm. people with their blogs. So then show notes is basically the same thing <laughs> as a blog, but a lot lower mental energy than creating a blog post from scratch. <laughs> true. Very, very true. Yeah, I shouldn't, I shouldn't downplay <laughs> I've never written a blog post for someone else, but oh my gosh, I can only imagine, you know, just the layer of research and then writing and then, you know, rewriting and oh my gosh, whereas show notes, you're literally taking their words already and turning it into written form. So you're right. It is much different. Yeah, much more enjoyable. It's like writing show notes because you're going off the podcast episode is like, feels like putting a puzzle together where you can mm. like kind of change the puzzle pieces. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. And then yeah. step back and see it all come together. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Leave works. some puzzle pieces behind, you know, but, mm -hmm. but take their words for sure. Yep. Now you mentioned that you love editing and I, I did know that about you. So would you consider yourself like really detail oriented and kind of like techie or, or something else? Definitely detail oriented, which is why I think that like it speaks to me so much. Um, in the beginning, I think I definitely like many over edited felt like I had to edit out every single quote unquote, like unwanted sound. Mm -hmm. But I've, I've grown and it's become a bit more like second nature of knowing when something should stay in because it's mm -hmm. the natural flow of conversation, like I'm sure I've said um several times. And so I like editing for a long period of time for the same client, because then you can get to know, you can like anticipate what's going to make more sense to remove or to just not even bother and like move on. Yeah. I also love that working with someone for, it's probably different per client, but I would say like if when you work with someone for like six months, 
maybe that's the mark where you're like, you really have a good feel for their voice. Maybe it's shorter than that, but you eventually get to the point where you, yeah, you, you can anticipate their things that they do. And you know that, oh, I used to edit out every one of their ums. But now I realize that I, if I actually keep some in, it kind of keeps the integrity of the way they speak. And people can kind of get the feel for their their speaking style better if I leave these types of things in. Absolutely. And sometimes when you remove an um, it changes. Like you need that um to, as like the bridge for like for the, the cadence and the flow of the sentence. Yeah. And it's it's really cool. I guess it is around that six month mark that you just stop kind of second guessing yourself mm-hmm. when it comes to editing and questioning everything like, oh, should I take that out? And you just start to do it. Yeah, that's probably really nice so. Feeling. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we, we're like collectively taking a sigh of relief of like, yes, when you <laughs> yeah. get there, you can stop second guessing yourself. And I'm sure that's like very motivational for for someone that's like at the four month mark. And they're like, is this mm-hmm. this gets easier, right? And it's like, yes, it, it does. It does every I think feel like every month it gets easier because you get you just get better and you get your your own style and it kind of falls into place. Yeah, and you start enjoying it more than like questioning like, is this good enough? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least that's how it was for me. Yeah. So we talked about some of your clients. I love hearing that. Tell me a little bit about what your day to day looks like. So my day to day, I know we joke before I wake up, I make coffee. and <laughs> Tell us your coffee order. <laughs> um, well, in the fall, I treat myself to a pumpkin spice uh, latte from Starbucks because it's fall. Why not? <laughs> yeah, one of the great things I love about like working online is that I don't have to wake up to an alarm. Sometimes I do if I'm trying to like get myself back into like a routine. Mm-hmm. But typically in the beginning of the week, I work on work for that VA client that I've had since the beginning. I'm more of a VA now, but we'll just call it that. And then I tend to work around quote unquote normal work hours. Sometimes I take a long break in the middle of the day. Sometimes I end early and go for a walk and run my errands or I don't know, meal prep for the week. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like to focus my editing on like midweek in the middle of the day. I feel like that's when I'm like at my best for editing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, take lots of breaks for playing with my cat who is being good at the moment. <laughs> and yeah, um, I... I like the flexibility that just comes with working for myself and working with podcasters is that, you know, once you have those like boundaries or expectations set mm-hmm. of like when you receive audio, for example, and then to just plan my day around you know, what works best for me when I'm at my most creative. So show notes, for example, I won't save till like the end of the day because my mind is like shutting down <laughs> and know that they writing any writing I do for a podcast it needs it needs to happen a bit earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. And then I can like move into editing and just kind of like zone out. For sure. Yeah. Get into mm-hmm. that that edit, editing zone. Now, since you have that nursing experience of like, man, that is like hard work. You're like on your feet. You are like, at the end of the day, you know, you did a good job because it is hard work. Do you have to convince yourself it's okay to take breaks? Do you have to convince yourself like, it's okay that I ran errands? Like, how is that like corporate mindset playing out for you now? Yeah, I mostly struggle with uh, accepting that it's okay to like end the day when I want to end it. And like, mm-hmm. I don't need to be like working with clients in different time zones. Like it's okay to have like my boundaries and my time setting my notifications on Slack, for example, that I only get emailed during work hours. What was great about nursing was that, I mean, the best thing was the people I worked with. I just feel like I should say that. Um, <laughs> so despite the stress and burnout of all of it, yeah, it was nice that when, at least towards the beginning, leaving work meant leaving work at work. Mm-hmm that changed over the years and is what led to my burnout that, you know, the mental weight of that work did not always stay at work. 
but it was going to a physical place mm-hmm. and then coming home and having that. It's a very clear mindset of like, no, I'm at work. I'm at home. I'm relaxing now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm someone who I'm very much a home buddy. I like to relax, I like to be at home and like work in my pajamas. And I think I've in the beginning, I struggled more with like, you know, this is work time. But I think now that I have like a full, nearly full client roster, I guess we'll call it. I am settling into a routine of working more or less during business hours, typical business hours. They are what you make them, but yeah, I'm getting back to like, oh no, I like ending my day early and it changes with the seasons, which mm-hmm. is another great thing about, yeah, just the flexibility of all of this. Yeah. And do you mean seasons like, like yearly seasons? Yeah. Like sun's out longer during the summer, mm-hmm. but also I want to go out and do things. Uh, sun's setting early in the, in the winter. So my mind st- starts to like down a bit. So kind of tweaking and tailoring. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But there's also seasons of business too. Like when I had fewer clients and it felt like, I don't know, there's a mindset of like not having a ton of things to do and feeling like you have all the time to do it. You don't get as much done. Totally. So I feel feel like I'm at a good place now where I have enough work done and I feel like I'm getting it done in a timely manner. But yeah. And also like if you're in the middle of a podcast launch, then there's just like kind of that exciting energy there where you have more to do and you you have more fast approaching deadlines and that yeah, it's like that's all hands on season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that actually, that makes me think like you, you said you loved editing. How do you feel about podcast launches or how are they working themselves into your business? So uh, it's been a little bit since I've done them. Um, and I'm currently deciding how, how much I want to market. Like, do I want to do another one? Mm-hmm. Because I, in the very beginning, I struggled with like the pressure of like niching down to like who I serve and uh, who I want to work with. And it's always been I'm kind of going off of your question a little bit, but I'll circle back of working with people in like the sustainability space and just struggling to find yeah someone who could afford to outsource that because a mm-hmm. lot of like hobbyists or the like big network shows that have like in-house people. So I launched my own and that was great. That was technically my first launch, which was great because it removed like the pressure uh, I think it definitely cut down on imposter syndrome because it was my own thing. If it didn't work or I did something wrong. Yeah. Uh, if something was I late. fixed it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have to report to anyone or feel like I was letting anyone down. It was just a purely like fun thing. And then that gave me like all the confidence I needed to then launch my first one for a client. Um, and then I was also involved. Launch didn't go through, but I was involved with um, like the script writing for the intro and outro and was going to put together the audio for that. But that fell through. That was with um, like a larger company. Hmm. which I've learned tends to happen when you work, when you're one of many people involved in a project for, for a larger company. But so I, I've landed on, I like working directly with the podcaster and I've mostly been leaning into the editing and management. So yeah, not sure if I'm, how much I want to go after launching again, but I feel like it would be good to kind of brush up on whatever the latest like things are for launching, hosting platforms, et cetera, to not get too rusty. Yeah, it's it's always evolving. That is for sure, the launching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, Tell us a little bit more about your show that you started. You said it's about sustainability. Yes. So uh, my podcast is called The Tea on Sustainable Living, where we spill the tea on living sustainably in a world that's going to... Can I curse on you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> in a world that's going to shit. <laughs> and it's co-hosted with a friend of mine who we... There was a climate march that happened not long after like we met. And that was kind of what formed our friendship. And then seeking out like vegetarian food and talking about, you know, how hard it is to try to live a bit more sustainably. So we started a podcast, turning our, basically our conversations into the episodes mm-hmm. and we're getting ready for season two. So there should be a new episode out by the time this is. Um, and yeah, that's been really fun. Just really leaning into the creative side. Cause when you work mm-hmm. like 
with a podcaster, it's, you know, you give input, but they tend to be in like, you know, the creative kind of driver's seat. It's their show, their vision, et cetera. But having it be like my own thing, yeah, has been really fun and to experiment with. And yeah, I built a WordPress website, not from scratch. I used a template, spent three days on it. And like, okay, I could handle WordPress if a client needed yeah. to have me update their show notes. But I've since moved to Squarespace because it's easier. <laughs> yes, yes. I've I've done Squarespace and WordPress and Squarespace is great. It has its limitations, but it definitely gets the job done in, in a does. good way. It does. But yeah, having that creative space without the pressure of, you know, like feeling like things need, need to be approved by mm-hmm. the client, by the podcaster um, has been really great. And to simultaneously be a podcaster while working with them and like feeling like I can see both sides of the coin, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Has been really great. And because I can say with clients, so well, this is like what I've seen in my own podcast um, and then can bring that into client work. So yeah, it's been a great creative outlet, but also has given me like more, you know, insight, knowledge, yeah, experience, confidence, yeah. experience. Yeah, yeah. All those things. Yeah. Hey there. I wanted to interrupt this episode with a quick message for you. If you are listening to this show, then you are either wanting to become a podcast manager or currently a podcast manager. And I wanted to invite you to my free masterclass where I show you how to become a profitable podcast manager without working more than 20 hours per week. So in this masterclass, I break down what it would look like for you to be making three to 5K per month working as a podcast manager without working more than 20 hours a week. Not only do I break that down, but I also talk about the three myths that I used to believe that was keeping me away from being a profitable podcast manager and that you might be believing as well. That and I share all the details about my podcast manager program. So if you're interested in learning more, learning the three myths that might be keeping you away from becoming a profitable podcast manager, or you just want to see what does it take to be a profitable podcast manager, then grab a seat to my masterclass. I would love to see you there. Just head to laurenwrighton.com forward slash masterclass and it'll show the next available time. Okay, awesome. That is it. Go sign up for the masterclass. I cannot wait to see you there. Let's get back to the episode. Now you mentioned that you have seasons and I get so many questions on like the rules around seasons and there's no rules. (laughs) Yeah, there no rules. <laughs> there's no rules in podcasting pretty much but that's that's the takeaway of this episode but tell us about how you've done seasons i'd love to know how long are how many episodes are in your seasons and then do you release all of them at one time okay yeah so i feel like i should clarify say the word season because it's easier like saying you're vegan when maybe you're not 100 yeah really my plan is to just continue releasing the episodes like in order like starting the this next one will be episode 15 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, we just took a long break over summer. We're calling, mm-hmm. like I keep referring to it as season two, but I don't think I'm going to number it that way. So it's, yeah, bi-weekly, bi-monthly, two episodes a month. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm just going to continue releasing in order because that just feels simpler to me and yeah, try to stop saying seasons, I guess. No, no, that's that's a great <laughs> point though, is that that's how seasons, you can do them however you want. Yeah, if you take a break, I think if you take a break, you can totally call it season one and season two, mm-hmm. and you can keep numbering that way. I think the tough thing to decide on when you do use like the season one numbering is that then you it's hard to know like what to call the um, the show notes. 
Exactly. It, it's hard to know how to label. And for what, what I started to do is like, start with like 100. Like, so if it's one, ep- if it's season one, episode one, it's 101. And then if it's season two, then it's like 203, 204. Mm-hmm. But that's not really accurate at the same time. Yeah. So so I do. The Monica add- and me comes back out and it's like, <laughs> wait a minute. No, I just want them to all be in order and be like yeah. nice and neat. It's not episode 203. It's actually episode three, season two. Yeah. So I, I feel like it'll be cleaner just, you know, numbering up until until whatever. Yeah. Until we decide that it's too much work to maintain a podcast that, well, it's not yet monetized. Uh, it's in the back of, my, of our brains of how we can maybe maybe earn something for it, at least offset like the hosting cost. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I love the like the possibilities of it. That mm-hmm. is like a, a side thing, but then we can do whatever we want with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can experiment with monetizing, you know, especially mm-hmm. with like sponsorships and and that for your clients and experimenting on your own show. Like you said, it's just you have the freedom to to do whatever you want. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, love it. Tell us a little bit about where you envision your business going in the next couple of months. Yeah. So I remember initially having a conversation with friends about, you know, the idea of like having an agency and, you know, helping more people. But when it comes down to it, I like I like the kind of high touch, like one on one, like working mm-hmm. with fewer clients. And then also I feel like I'd have to give up editing. Not completely, but like I if I don't edit for the show, I feel like I don't really know it. Mm-hmm. So I envision continuing to to work with with clients in the manner that I am, that like closer, kind of more involved um, with fewer number of clients. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping to kind of tie in like my side passion project podcast with client work. And so I'm I'm in the process of like, trying to get more clear on like who I'd want to work with. And then from there, kind of tweak my like my messaging and website copy, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And yeah, trying to just find clients that I just genuinely feel good like working with and maybe have similar values if it's related to sustainability or you know, I'm learning about ethical marketing at the moment. So just to be able to like tie all that together. So it's a bit more cohesive, but yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And you mentioned that you were, yeah, you were after a certain type of client. How would you describe your clients? Are some of them in the sustainability space or not? No. Um, so I would say I'm my only client in that regard, but it's a mix of education space, which does tie into my brief background of teaching. Um, I did have a, a previous client who was a nurse. So that was cool to tie that together. And coaches, relationship coaches. Mm-hmm. One of the podcasts I launched was business coach. So yeah, I'd, I'd say if you can kind of boil it down. It's it's mostly been like coaches and yeah, course creators, I guess. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Podcast tie in perfectly with those. So yeah. when I say like getting more clear on like who I want to work with, it's more of like, more of like the person and like the relationship I can like build with them working relationship than, you know, like what they do. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if you, if they have similar, a similar style of like um, time management or like when they expect things or what they expect things to kind of how perfect things need to be. Like if you can match that with your own personality, your own work style, then you feel like it's really a, like a great uh, working relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Now, as an entrepreneur, many entrepreneurs are like would consider themselves multi-passionate. And at the same time, we have to kind of focus ourselves (laughs) to get anything done, right? So are you multi-passionate? And like, how has that played into creating this business? Yeah, I think think had you asked me maybe like a few months ago, I would have said no, because I, I work online or I'm a podcast manager. 
But something I've come to realize about myself recently is that, okay, I like to do multiple things and I like to do them at the same time. So I think that's multi-passionate. Like I'm not maybe, yeah. you know, a photographer and, you know, a nutritionist. That's a weird mix. But those are <laughs> the two things that popped into my head. And I've just learned that I like, I like doing different things. I like to learn new platforms. I like to, you know, spend a few days building a WordPress website and then moving to Squarespace and, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, getting lost in Canva, switching editing platforms. Um, I like doing all the things. Um, and I know, yeah, there's the... What's the quote that I know I've heard you say before? The the riches are in the niches, which is the mm-hmm. only time I say niche. It's me every other time. <laughs> like, I just feel like that's that's the answer. Um, I, I think that's true to an extent. I think the key is like, when we talk about being multi-passionate is the passion piece. If you are passionate about the things you are doing and that comes through, I don't see a problem with that. And there's so many different ways you can quote unquote niche, whether it's what you do, podcast management, who you work with, uh, coaches, for example. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, as of right now, I consider myself a podcast manager, a podcaster, VA, the title probably needs to be updated, Mm -hmm. but I consider myself all those things. And then I kind of think I've always been and hadn't really realized it. And it's just like, I'm just realizing it now working for myself online because of these more like clear things I'm doing together. Uh, But when I was in nursing school, I started a music blog, which was always so fun to tell people in like doing concert photography, telling people in like the photo pits, the press pit, with the pre- people with the press passes that I was a nurse because like those two things don't go together. So I think yeah. what I'm doing now goes together a bit more, mm-hmm. but I just like going all in and like learning, tackling like new things. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like my career path, like nursing, teaching, working online, I know other people have had similar stories. And yeah, I just, I think if, if yes, listeners take away one thing, that it, it's okay to do these things. It's okay to kind of jump ship or pivot Mm-hmm. Or do multiple things at the same time. Like you don't have to kind of put yourself into a box. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think that message of like the riches are in the niches and like, you know, focus on one thing. You know, you can, of course, take it to kind of the extreme where you're like, I'm only going to do like this one singular thing. And and maybe that's if that's who you are as a person and that's going to that feels good. Great. But also you can think of it just as like if you have a real estate business and you're starting a podcast management business maybe just focus on one of them. Like you said, like those things are like not related versus Mm -hmm. if you can, if you can learn all about podcasting, then you're going to learn it faster because you're focused on that. And yeah, starting your own show or working with clients, like those things are so much more related than we probably even think, (laughs) you know, like we feel like they're separate, but they're, they inform each other. So, so yeah, Mm -hmm. I think we can, when you hear that, like, and you, you said it as well, like, you can niche down into just podcast management. You can niche into who you work with. Like there's so many things you can do. You don't have to do all of them. You don't have to niche until you're blue in the face. <laughs> you can stop. You can stop where you're like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna niche to this level and I'm going to see where it takes me. And then, yeah. you know, still keep that multi-passionate piece in the mix. And it's okay to let it, the niche like happen naturally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I think anyone starting to like work online for themselves feels the pressure of, you know, I need to do things this way because people I'm following on social media for inspiration, it can turn into a pressure. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you have to unfollow people for a period of time to like focus on, on your thing. So that's, I mean, that's something I still remind myself of that like to take a step back, like, okay, what do, like, am I doing this thing? Cause I want to do it. Cause I feel like I have to. Mm-hmm. And that's the great part about working online for yourself is it? No, you don't have to you can do what you want, how you want to do it build the business that you want to have. 
totally. And yeah, you can you can let that the pivoting, the the niching, you can let it come as as it comes, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then also, it's okay to like if you feel like, oh, okay, I want to try a little bit more of like this other thing, or maybe it's website branding. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, no, I'm a podcast manager. I can't do that. I think it's okay to listen to that thought. Like, I think it would be fun to like try this. And then you honestly could tie those things together and offer it to clients. Yeah. Now, one thing I wanted to ask you, because I've, I get it, I'm getting this question all the time. And I, I love asking in these podcast episodes is, let's just keep it simple. Where did you find your last client? Oh, good question. Um, <laughs> or your, your second to last client. <laughs> what, whichever, uh, one's, whichever one's easiest. Memory check here. Um, okay, my last one, I responded to a story I saw on Instagram that they mm. were looking for a new podcast manager. And I had to ignore the imposter syndrome and reached out. And yeah, I've been working with them ever since. That's amazing. Yeah, this was earlier this year. So you, you, were, you were clearly following them beforehand? Mm-hmm. Okay, I guess yeah. you, someone could have like told you about the story. So you were following them beforehand. And you that's awesome. I love that example. Mm-hmm. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, of course, you know, you probably see this as well. It's like, where are people finding clients? And so I'm, I'm always gathering information and sharing it with the with the public. <laughs> so yeah, it's, that's, it's networking and timing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's I think what it all comes down to. And timing, not in the sense of like, you need to be on your computer all the time. You know, mm-hmm. like, if you're not there, you're, you're gonna lose it. Like, take that pressure down. Whoever's, you know, everyone that's listening, that's like, oh my gosh, if I like go have dinner with my family, I'm gonna miss the opportunity of a lifetime. It's like, no, don't worry. All things are working in your, in your favor. You will not miss the thing that you're supposed to have. But it, it, there is definitely timing. Yeah, I, I regularly just ignore social media for a period of time. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we'll come back to it feeling like energized. Okay, I'm ready to like, like I'm in the headspace now. Like, okay, I have my eyes out for potential opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's okay to go have family, go have dinner with your family. Yeah. <laughs> yes. On a regular basis. Yes. We're all and about living once. your life. Yeah. Not just <laughs> one time. <laughs> living your life is important. And that is for sure going to be a piece of, you know, making sure that you're that you're in this for the long haul, right? I mm-hmm. mean, and we talked about pivoting, of course, you may pivot to to whatever, but you don't want to burn out. And you don't want to feel like you have to be I think we can put that pressure on ourselves of I have to be engaged all the time, or this isn't going to grow. And it's just not true. Like you can, mm-hmm. I think, specifically with freelance stuff, like, as a course creator, there's it's a kind of a different beast. But as a freelancer, I hear all the time of people that are like, yeah, I'm living my own life. I'm not on social media all the time. I don't feel like I need to be producing content all the time to attract clients. And like, I just, wow, that is such good news. Yeah, I have only recently like made a schedule for myself of like each week working a little bit for creating social media posts for the following month and doing like one piece at a time because it just feels over too overwhelming mm-hmm. otherwise. But yeah, I'll regularly go months and just not post anything and then show up again. So no, mm-hmm. you don't need to, you know, become... You know, like an Instagram expert and mm-hmm. you know, spend the majority of your days on it because, oh, that just sounds exhausting to me. Right. Yeah, right. And if you if you love it, great. <laughs> you know, do, do it all do it all you want. But I think for the most part, many people are in that boat of where it feels, you know, if they feel like they have to do it, they feel like they have to post three times a week or whatever, mm. then it just it loses its its fun. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I think that's the great part about working for yourself online, working as a podcast manager. You don't have to do any one thing. 
mm-hmm. you can you can do what feels right to you. You can skip ahead to the podcast management module <laughs> in a VA course. Uh, you can skip ahead and just start calling yourself a podcast manager before you have, you know, the skills, so to say, because, yeah, it is it's mostly just the willingness to learn, to take the time to find an answer or improve or... Yeah, to go after it. I love that. That's yeah. a that's a great message. Now, this has been so great. Thank you so much for, for sharing your story, Brandy. How can we find you after the episode and tell us your podcast name again so we can search for it? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. This is fun. It's nice to see you outside the coaching calls, which (laughs) I don't always show up every week, but it's always like a nice break in the day. So my website is brandynichols.com, Brandy with two E's. And then from there, you can find my Instagram. And my podcast is The Tea on Sustainable Living, which is also the website, theteaonsustainableliving.com. And from there, you can find our Instagram. I'm proud of my website. I just finished it, redesigning it and doing the copy because that's one of the the other things I, I like to do is is to tweak the design of things and why hire out when you could spend hours doing it yourself. <laughs> it was fun. The finalizing the copy is a pain, so I can see why people hire it out uh, if you have the money to do so. But yeah, mm-hmm. we'll have to to take a look at it then, since it since it's oh, gosh, brand new. No, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure we will love it. I'm sure we will love it. Well, thank you <laughs> so much for coming. It's been so fun talk chatting with you. Yeah, thanks, Lauren. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Come connect with me over on Instagram at Lauren Wrighton or in the Podcast Manager Mastermind Facebook group. And let me know what you liked about this episode. I love, love, love hearing your guys' feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at laurenwrighton.com. Special thanks to my amazing podcast manager, Marcy Page, on producing this episode. All right, that's it. Until next time, I'll be cheering you on.